0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg,
1: Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor.
0: Last week we taught a message. Uh, The title was Possess Your your Possessions. And it was a very uh, good message. It was an exciting message. I learned a lot in preparing the message uh, because I had to be the first partaker of that message. This week's title is called, Now That that You Possess All Things. Now That You Possess All Things. Because, see, last week we talked about you possessing all things. Because that's what the Word of God says. You possess all things. But now that you possess all things, what are we going to do? What does God expect us to do? Well, we started off in Romans. Let's go there. Last week we started there. We'll start there again. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, and part of 17. It says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs, and the King James will say, joint heirs with Christ. We we established that. Now that we are joint heirs, when we gave our lives to Christ, we are joint heirs with Him, we are heirs with Almighty God. We talked about everything belongs to Jesus Christ. Is that true? And if we are joint heirs or fellow heirs with Him, that means that all things belong to what? To us as Christians. Is that correct? In Christ. Is that correct? Well, we need to, I believe, represent the one. Who gives us all things. We need to represent him. And we're going to start again today with a video clip from the ultimate gift. And we're going to show this part of the clip. And then we'll come right back and talk about you having all things. Now that you do, what are you going to do? Let's look at it. They go back a long way, don't they? There was a time when Mr. Hamilton was quite ill and needed a kidney transplant. Your
1: grandfather went out of
0: his way to help him find a donor. You could even say, I think, that Mr. Hamilton's alive today because of Red Stevens. Um,
1: in the, um, Basement of this building. There's a small apartment for a custodian. It isn't being used right now. Perhaps you'd um, like to take a look at it. Thank you, Jason. You have no concept whatsoever of the value of money. Money has always been available to you, like the air you breathe. I tell you, let's uh, review some highlights from your recent past. A $25,000 per night suite in Paris with a personal chef, whom you tipped heavily. Toured the Bordeaux region and chauffeured hot air balloons. It was amazing. A week of Hellaski in San Maritz. A small fleet of exotic cars, the latest in everything, including women. But the past is the past. And I figure you've probably had a pretty tough month. Well, it's about time. Thank you very much. And if I ever see you two again?
0: It'll be too soon.
1: Well, seeing how you've never held one of those before, let me explain what it is. That's a paycheck for what you earned at Gus's Ranch. Of course, the IRS ravaged it first. I hate those guys. In your pocket, every step of the way, you start out in business, and then you have to make a payroll, and just when you think you're going to Um, make a... Mr. Stevens, this is the gift of money, please. Yeah, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Look at me. I'm carrying on about death and taxes even after I'm (laughs) dead. You have to take that money and as much as you need it yourself, spend it on someone experiencing a real problem. What can they teach you? Put yourself in their shoes. Jason, would you like us to cash it for you? Please. I think we know you well enough that we won't need any ID.
0: How will you know how I spent it? (laughs) We'll know. wanted to show that part of the clip because it concerns what we're talking about today. And that if we're going to possess all things, which we do, we need to represent the one who owns it all. We need to know him. We need to represent him. We need to glorify him. And the stars, I believe... Like with with Jason there, Red his grandfather is trying to teach him the value of money, because he's gonna he's gonna have possession of everything that Red owns. And if he doesn't represent the grandfather's ideals, his his aspiration, what he how he built the, the whole his estate to start with then he's going to squander it like he was doing anyway. He was squandering it. What are we going to do with all things that we possess? Can can, can the Father trust us enough that everything he has, you can do with it what you want to? Can he trust us? That's the point we want to talk about a little bit today. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2. Verse 19 and 20. I think it starts with how I look at my life or how Jason would have looked at his life. He's going to have to learn some things. It says in verse 19, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Verse 20 is what I want. I have been crucified with Christ. That has to be a mindset that I have. I have been crucified with Christ. When he died for sin and paid the price for me, for my sin, then I died with him to sin. So therefore... I no longer live, yet I do live because Christ lives in me. In other words, what I want to do is have a, have a train of thought, a mindset that is not about me. It's about Christ. It's about what he wants. It's about what his ideas are. What does he, what does he do with his money? What does he do with his possessions? I can look at, we can, of course, because we have the whole counsel of the Word of God here from Genesis to Revelation. We can look and see what the Father's heart is. We can look and see how did Jesus walk this earth because Jesus possessed all things. There's nothing that he, he didn't possess. And it says, in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Let's go a little further in uh, Genesis chapter six, verse 14. I have to start thinking uh, differently about my life here. I've been in, I've been in the world now for six or five years and somehow I'm thinking that I'm not a, I say it anyway, I'm not of the world, even though I'm in the world. Is that correct? We're not of the world. But is that really just scripture I'm quoting? Or is that really my lifestyle? Is that my my attitude? Is that, is that my behavior? Is that the way I live my life? Because I believe, really, Sometimes you can't tell my desires from really unsaved persons' desires. Sometimes I'm thinking that there is no difference between me and the world. Sometimes. Because I've been in it so long. And you've been in it long too because, uh, well, some of you here because... Uh, Janae, she hasn't been here that long, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, met Genesis back there. Is This is Genesis. Met Genesis back there. Uh, they haven't been there that long. I think it was eight months or something like that. Eight months. You see. Uh, but sooner or later, I believe most of us have been here long enough to blend in. Most of us have been here long enough that our aspirations can be just like anybody else. And I said, well, is that the way Jesus was, because I'm joint heirs with Him. Let's look in verse 14. We're in Galatians 6, verse 14. But may it never be that I would boast. Galatians. That's the Genesis. Oh, don't turn. You're in Galatians. <laughs> Galatians. <laughs> Galatians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was wondering if somebody was they were turning past, Where are you going? Man? Where are you going, man? Come on. Genesis is not where in the message today. Galatians six fourteen. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this this is, woo, this is it right here. Listen, through which the world. Has been crucified to me and I to the world, and that does not uh, really uh, draw pictures, doesn't paint a picture the way I wanted to paint it to me. I don't know about you. And I know we all, like I said, well, it doesn't mean uh, I'm, you know, I'm crucified to the world and the world to me. Is that true? Is that true? Because if I've really been crucified to the world and the world to me, I don't want no parts of the world because I know that all is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I know that I can't love the world and love God, too. I know that the world is just a, a place that I am in temporarily because my home is heaven. He has planted me here. I've been born again. I'm a new creation. And God has placed me here in this new birth to do a work for him. That's all. I am to fulfill his purpose. That's all. Whatever he says, that's what I do uh, with everything, every breath I breathe, every step I take, everything I see, everything I do is him. That's what I believe. It should be. But sad to say. I'm not there. And maybe I'm the only one. Yeah. Let's go a little further. Let's go to the, the gospel of John, chapter eight. Verse 28, I'm trying to help us today because uh, last week's message, I know it excited you. It excited me. You know, we possess all things. Man, you know, just just think how excited Jason on a video clip. Jason thought that because uh, his father's a multi-billionaire and he know that uh, his mother, his uncles all of them didn't get much they got a lot but they didn't get much there's a lot of estate left in other words and most of them didn't own anything it was in the company's name they said we're going to leave it in the company's name so therefore jason figured that hey all i had to do is do a jump through a couple of hoops and that's it you know so he went to work uh and did what he's supposed to do he said oh that's cool uh, I'm, I'm ready to go now he wanted to, had to get a friend, so he got this little girl, and, and she said, man, we're going to be friends. We're tight. You know, we're going to be friends for the rest of my life and all that stuff. And as soon as he went out the the girl said, hey, hey, let's get together. He said, look, uh-uh, forget you. I just used you for my purposes. And he, he had it up, see. Obviously, uh, his attitude is I'm going to use my grandfather's money. Just let me get my hands on it, all of it, and then I'll be set for life. I don't have to hit a lick. In working, just like I haven't so far. That's what he thought. So when he got this check, got in the elevator, found out it wasn't $1,500. He's coming back. <laughs> coming back. He's not ready yet to possess everything, is it? Even though he possess it, he's not ready to possess it. Because it was his. The grandfather, he was going to give it to him. But he was not going to give it to him, release it to him, unless he changed. Unless he changed. We'll call it in Christianity, because there's a video, we call, we call it sanctification. Right? You've got to move somewhere from where we are to more where God wants us to be. And you might say, well, uh, that's not the Bible. We, we, You said last week that we already possess everything. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. The heir possesses everything, but you don't get it until you become of age or you re- he's ready to give it to you, or whoever the manager of the state is, ready to give it to you. I hope you won't give your, your son or daughter uh, keys to the car, even though they have the license, but their attitude is such that, hey, I pass the driving, t- I don't want you telling me what to do, I don't want you telling me this, look, you just give me the keys to this car. No, you're not going to give them the keys to the car. Their attitude is not right. They might not ever get the keys to that car, right? <laughs> might not ever. Even though their son or daughter and all this, the fathers is theirs, right? That's what we talked about last week i'm trying to help us here so we won't jump off and and uh be thinking wrongly in john chapter 8 verse 28 let's look there and jesus said when you lift up the son of man then you will know that i am he and i do nothing on my own initiative wouldn't that be nice if jason would have said that on the video i do nothing grandfather nothing unless it's by your initiative mr Hamilton." Whatever you say, that's what I do. I understand authority and being under authority would't have been nice. It says, "But I speak these things as the father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I sometimes... what' you say? Always. I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Can we say that? Jesus said it. Jesus, the heir of all things, said, I always do what pleases the Father. Always. Can we be expected to always do? What pleases the father can we expect that we say we want to be like Jesus we sing we want to be like Jesus but do we really think that we can be like Jesus do we think we can So oh, I don't know let's look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 we're going to turn a little bit um, uh, if you didn't bring your Bibles uh, look at the screen. Colossians chapter one, verse nine and 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. With all his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to what please him in all respects. In all respects, the NIV would say, in every way, entirely, fully, fully. One version that today's English Bible will say, always do what pleases him. Are we expected to do that? Are we really expected? And the King James will say, to all pleasing. Are we really expected to do that? To all pleasing? We are human, aren't we? Aren't we? Are we expected to do what pleases him in every respect? Fully completely and everything are we expected to do that by this scripture what do you think sure if we do what it says we need to be filled with the knowledge of his will filled not to not to have some idea not to we've been to Sunday school we've been sitting in church for 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 years now so we know kind of what the will of god is no, 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 no. We need some understanding, some spiritual understanding, too, because if we don't have that spiritual understanding, we don't realize really why we are doing what we are supposed to be doing. Why he's saying that? We need to know God. Just like you parents you know your children. You know them. You know what they're going to say. You know how they think. You've been, you've been living with them for sometimes 16, 15, 14 uh, Sometimes we know them, really, uh, they, 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 they change when they get to be uh, in junior high. They start changing a little bit. They think they know everything. Uh, we, say, we say, oh, no, no, you, you, you haven't had kids in a long time, boy. They know everything, boy, when they are two. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I'm telling you, we have to know God and understand why he's saying what he's saying. Why did Jesus do what he did? See, when he walked the earth, there's nothing nothing that he could he could say anything he wanted to say and it would be done. Anything. Couldn't he? Go fishing. The first fish, you had, then take the corn out and you go to pay you taxes. How many of us can say that? Right? He could say it. Anything. <laughs> Anything, it will be done. Anything. Wow, this is cool. Oh, man. Can't you say it? Can't you say it? Right. Well, if you can say 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 a million dollars will appear right here and, and give it to me. You can't say it? Oh, man. Oh, man. I know I know you'll say, for it's not the Father's will. I didn't hear the Father saying that. Right. <laughs> Let's turn to First John chapter 3. First John, epistle of John, chapter three, verse 21. How did Jesus use his possessions that he had been given? because he' had been given all things? Well, it said that he did, always did what pleased the Father. He had to know the Father, didn't he? We have to know the Father. We have to know the Son. We have to know the Spirit of God. We have to know how they think what they do in this situation, what they'll say about this situation, we need to know. Verse 21, First John chapter 3, verse 21. Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Verse 22, and in whatever we ask, we receive of him. Whatever. I mean, whatever. Does you say Whatever. Whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. I believe that's what Jesus did. I believe Jesus kept the commandments, did what was pleasing in his sight because the word says so. He said, I always, that's what Jesus, I always do what pleases the Father. So therefore, whatever he said is done. Whatever. But the same book, the Bible, tells us that we're supposed to do the same thing. We're supposed to be able to do the same thing. Whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I said, okay, I need to work on that because I want to, now that I know that I possess all everything, then I want to be able to use the possessions, don't you? I want to be able to use possessions. Jesus used them. The Apostle Paul used them. Apostle Peter used them. You want to be able to uh, uh, help people, don't you? See, that's what he was trying to. Ray was trying to get his his, his grandson to do, Jason. I'm giving you $1,500. I know you have need. And he did have need because he didn't have a place to stay because uh, the first thing, what he did, which I didn't show, which I won't show, is that basically um, he said, it's a test of friends. You think you have friends. I want you to come back here with with, with one friend. And he didn't have a friend because he took all his money away, closed all the, the credit card accounts, nothing. Nothing, no friend. So the little girl said, I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. And then he ditched her. He didn't have any friends. His friends was there just because he had money. So he took everything, furniture, cars, everything. He had nothing, no place to go. His mom wouldn't even let him sleep out on the the patio back there where the pool was. The maid came out and and beat him with a broom and sent him away from there, you know. Had nowhere to go. That's why it opened up with the, uh, the lady saying, that "We have a little janitorial thing in the basement here. You can sleep there." He had no place to sleep. Took it all. Took it all. To teach him the value of a true friends, not friends that are there for your money. And so I want to be able to use what God has given to bless others. That's what you want to do. We want to use the gifts that God has given us, all the possession that God has to bless others. So I need to really concentrate on how Jesus walked this earth. How did he walk this earth? Really? How much stuff did he have? What did he do with this stuff? Because he could, he could have done anything. Would you believe that? He didn't have to say, hey, you know, birds and everything, they have homes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He didn't have to say that, did he? He could, he, he could say anything he wants to say because he could have, have whatever kind of house he wanted. He can have whatever he wants to do. He could have it. But he was there to fulfill God's purpose. He wasn't there to blend into the world. He wasn't there for everybody to like him. He wasn't there for everybody to think he's cool. He wasn't there, and I need to get there. What about you? Now that we possess our possessions, what are we going to do? That's what we want to do. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter six. Let's go there. Aren't you excited about this message? <laughs> you were much different last week. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be excited about that last week. Oh, my. This is exciting because I'll tell you what, we, even though you know that you, you possess everything, you're not going to get to use it like you want to if you don't put this message with it. It's just not going to happen. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Given no cause for offense in anything. I, I mean, that is a statement I love. I would love to follow it and love for it to be true. All the time of me in no calls, giving no calls for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. And all of us are ministers, whether you know it or not. We're all ministers. We all are ambassadors sent forth the, to take the good news to the world. We all. We all should be saying this. We strive to give no cause for offense in anything. Anything we say, anything we do, in anything that in ministry will not be discredited, that God has has placed in your hands because he's birthed you again and put you in in ministry to, to go out and proclaim the good news. That's what he's done. But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God, real servants of God, in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardship, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. By glory and dishonor. By evil report and good report. Regarded as deceivers and yet true. As unknown yet well known. As dying yet behold we live. As punished yet not put to death. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. As poor yet making many rich. As having nothing Yet possessing all things. Who's speaking? The Apostle. Come on. Apostle Paul. He's speaking to the Corinthians. He's letting them know. I, I, I think everything Paul would pray would happen. What do you think? As a matter of fact, we heard the same thing about Jesus Christ. He was rich, became poor, that we may become rich. I believe that any time Paul laid his hands on somebody, something's going to happen. What do you think? Something's going to happen. I believe that we should be doing the same thing. What about you? We should be laying our hands on people, and whatever we lay our hands on them for, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. right? If they're sick, it won't be sick no more, right? That's what I believe, because that's what I see in the Bible. We've all seen it, haven't we? We all say, hey, we want to see these things operating in the church, right? Well, you are the church, aren't you? You remember my last look that I told you? You are the call out assembly. You are the church. So it should be happening in your life. You got a home, right? You got a car. You have a job. Why don't you lay hands on people? The doctor said, man, the doctor's office is a fool. Hospitals are full. People getting colds and, and uh, flu and all that stuff, man. There's a lot of sick people, isn't it? We have some nurses in here, don't we? Susan, don't we? A lot of sick people, don't we? A lot of sick people. Mental and physical. A lot of sick people. I believe that we can get rid of some mental illnesses because a lot of mental illnesses is due to demonic stuff. I'm saying that this is our inheritance right here. All what we read is our inheritance. All of it is ours. All of it is ours. And you say, well, I don't believe in works uh we got to do something to be able to use our possessions well we're not talking about salvation if you don't believe in works you haven't even read the bible right (laughs) this is what my bible tells me that you better have some works with you right not for salvation James will tell us that, won't it? The the, the epistle of James. You got to have works. Show me your faith. I'll show you my works.
1: Right?
0: Faith without the dead. Without faith it's impossible to please him. So this is just scripture. All we're doing now is trying to set you on the right course so the enemy won't enemy will not sabotage you uh, in the future because you are thinking that you are in possession of everything which you are and you're not trying to really understand the will of the father you're not trying to uh, be responsible before him you're not trying to make sure you represent him in all things you're just trying to use it for yourself and that's what Jason on the video he wants to do. he wants to use things that, they, that his grandfather's possession for himself for his purposes. And God's not going to have that. He's not going to have it. We we need it, and it's ours. But He's calling us through the Word of God walk in it. Let's look in, in the uh, Gospel of John again, uh, verse chapter fifteen, verse eighteen. We have to, uh, we know that we possess all things and we want to, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and he's at the right hand of the father. Uh, We know our life is here with Christ and God. We know we are priests, a kingdom of priests. We know that we have to embrace not only our position of uh, greatness in Christ, but also embrace what it took to get that greatness, really. Verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it it has hated, hated me before it hated you. This is Jesus talking. If you were of the world... The world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. We shouldn't be running around trying to get the world to love us. You get everybody to, to like us. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. And in Matthew, it says a disciple is not greater than the one who's discipling them. It says, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. See, I don't want you running around. I possess all things, so therefore I rebuke persecution. It will never come to me in the name of Jesus. And you you say, somebody said, what is that? Well, it depends on what type of church you're in. If you're you're in a biblical church, that's untrue. Don't even pray it. You want persecution, don't you? I mean, it won't be. I mean, you know, you don't want it. Hard persecution. (laughs) But you you don't want everybody to love you, do you? Don't you want them to persecute you for Christ's sake? I heard about three people. That's all right. Somehow, we, we, we're not tracking together now. It says that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. That's what it says. I want to be like Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? How many want to sign up for persecution? <laughs> oh. If I said, hey, Jesus said, you know, um, you lay hands on the sick and they'll cover. How many want that? Want Everybody's hands will go up. See. You have to embrace the cross. You have to embrace the cross. You don't want to be like Jason. You don't want to be like him. He, he, he wanted everybody to love him. That's what he wanted. That's the end, end in Romans, where we started, Romans chapter 8. let Let's the end there. Verse 17. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, we are heirs of God. Fellow heirs with Christ, we are. Now, this is what I want to get. Last verse. Last part of this verse. If Indeed, let me start over because I don't, I, don't I, don't, I don't believe you're getting it. See? <laughs> the Spirit himself testifies our spirit that we are children of God. If children, then heirs also and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If, if, I like that other word, that synonym there, provided that we suffer with him. Is that good preaching? <laughs> I know you said no. <laughs> no. I want to be the church. Everything is a feel-good thing, you know. I'm trying to help you feel good. It's not a good feeling to know you own everything and you don't have use of nothing, Harley. That's not a good feeling. Give me what's mine. I don't want to squander it like the, you know, the son did. The product is in. I don't want to take it and squander it. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like the one that stayed home either and, and uh, don't use what you have either. I want to be like Jesus. So that we may also be glorified with him. There's a price to be glorified with him. Isn't it? When you sign up for salvation, you sign up for suffering. And you sign up for glorification. You do. And all things are yours. All things are yours. Yeah, they are. And see, now when you have this message, you say, okay, I got it. I'm, I'm going to be about in this word of God, so I need to learn my father, understand why he says what he wants to do, what, he, what he's saying. I want to be like Jesus here because I see Jesus walking around. I see him uh, uh, proclaiming the gospel. I see him feeding the poor. I see him doing all these things. He's mother-plowing bread. Isn't he doing that stuff? He's mother-plowing bread, mother-plowing fish. He's doing all this stuff, man. I want to do that kind of stuff. Wow. Why was he doing it? I want to have the mindset. I want to have the motive. I don't want to be uh, uh, like I think I probably would be, and I'm glad that God's helping me get right, is that If he entrusted me with things too soon, I would think I'm something. Really? Right. Come on. You want to be healed? Just come. Come to me. Come to me. I'll lay my hands on you. Yes. I won't lay my hands on this one over here, though, because... He said something I didn't like. Come on. We, we have all these kind of things in us. Come on. We're doing Because I would think, sometime I think, now this this person right here, they are so trifling. They are so... Uh, if, if, they had, if, they, if they got sick, I would not pray for them to heal them. Come on. I know y'all never said that. You, you, you don't even think that way. You know, people who do you wrong you say you say, great i'm glad they did me wrong they did jesus wrong I, I was just i'm just i just can't wait to be around them more so i can you know just come on and some people you don't want to see you see them in the grocery store they, they're down this aisle and you say hmm, you go down another aisle <laughs> you know you go down another aisle you don't even want to see them come on <laughs> all this stuff i'm telling you god you got to get out of us you got to get out of us. We got to be like him. Yeah, we got to be like him. Don't we?
1: We got to be like him. See?
0: Because that's the way he is. If if he were like we are, man, we wouldn't be here. Come on, we wouldn't be here. The things we've said about him, and you say, "Well, I didn't say anything about it. God. Is okay with me. It's just his people." Yeah. You know? <laughs> When you said it to, to about his people, you saying it to him as a body of Christ. I'm trying to help us now because in 2013, we want to walk the talk, don't we? We are Christians. We are heirs of everything. All things belong to us. And we represent Jesus Christ. People, we're the light of the world. People are supposed to be coming to us for, for healing. They're supposed to be coming to us for encouragement. They're supposed to be coming to us to pray for them. Uh, their, your job On your job, that man supposed to love you. That man supposed to say, hey, I'm, don't you do anything. Don't you say anything against the God, right, right, of Steve Gregory. If you say something against the God, well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to fire you because he represents the God of gods, the king of kings. Didn't, didn't people say that in the Old Testament? Right? Because he's see, seeing what happens, my company's getting blessed. You see what I'm saying? Because Jackie Howell works there, my company's getting blessed. I know it's getting blessed because of him. And hey, you get a raise, Jackie. You get a raise. See? Right? Because we represent Jesus Christ. Things are supposed to be better. Is that correct? Because we are there. And the people that work with you, your coworkers, might not like it. but you know they don't own anything. But the owner, he's supposed to say, okay, I want to hire me some Christians. That's what I want to hire because I know everything going to go well for me if I hire Christians. But see, we're going to have to change as Christians so that everybody know we have something that they need because that's what this title of the series is, Being Connected to the World. The world, just like with Jason on the video, all his friends, they wanted him. Uh, when, when, when he did finally get the $2 billion estate and everything, uh, his girlfriend who dropped him once, <laughs> once his, his grandfather took all his, uh, not grandfather, but the estate, Mr. Hamlin, took everything that, that closed out all his accounts. He didn't have nothing. And his girlfriend had to pay for the meal. She wouldn't pay for nothing. She was, she was on, on, in it for the ride. But when she, he got the $2 million, she she came back. Oh, nice round figures. No, no, no. No, no, no. None of that. You see. We don't need fair-weather friends. We need to be like Jesus, don't we? Okay. Let's stand.
1: Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church.